Yeah, I heard it say, yep, there goes live. There we, oh, go. we go. All right. Welcome, welcome everybody to another episode of Joe's Coffee Chat, Mental Health Awareness. Um, I am Emily, sort of filling in for um, Jennifer today, who is um, at another commitment. Um, I'm here with um, John Tarr and Kurt Roscoff. Um, and to please encourage everybody uh, to please um, share, like, comment, everywhere with um, our social media or wherever you found us. Um, so let's uh, get started here. Um, now, I, I um, Um, it, it seems like a lot of people have, um, a lot of trouble, well, not just, um, throughout the year, but especially at, uh, around the holiday time, um, and since Christmas is coming up, uh, I'm sure there's going to be a, a lot of people who are, um, needing a lot of help or not in maybe the greatest shape. Um, so John, what are, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I know I'm going to come from my perspective a little bit, but I do know that mental health is um, at an all-time high uh, bad mental health is at an all-time high around the holidays. And I think it stems from uh, a couple of things that happen. Um, people uh, ha have lost relatives or a wife or a husband or children in the past, uh, not just the last year, but the last few years. And um, I think... Um, that sadness makes it very tough to celebrate um, the holidays. And we're talking probably Christmas especially, but also the New Year too. Um, I know that suicides are at an all-time high right after Christmas. And I think that is also for a couple of reasons too. Um, people spent too much. Uh, Put it on our card to have no way of paying it back but it just just left them with a feeling of em emptiness um i know i went through some issues and even if you have family around you you can go through some really gray dark areas and um i think that's what we want to focus on today talking about the holidays what it means to us um, and loneliness, it also has a lot to do with loneliness, being alone, not being able to celebrate this time with other people. And I think there's a lot of older people that really suffer from this also, um, because their mate, their significant other, other has uh, moved on and gone on to, but there's a lot of people that have uh, gone through divorces and stuff like that. Um, I know a lot of men uh, get a divorce and they don't have a lot of connection to their family. That's when they really miss their, their children then too. So what can we do to mitigate this, to talk about it? Because it seems to be an epidemic within this country. But I got a feeling it's, it's uh, a situation in the Western world also. Uh, like. Um, Germany, France, England, Netherlands, all those kind of countries, too. I think they all kind of suffer from it. But I'm going to talk about just uh, the United States, because <clears throat> that's probably the, the vast majority of the people that we're going to have a connection with. So um, what are some of the things that would really cause some, somebody to go off the rails at this time of year? Okay, 
Um, it can, I, like I said, it can come from various things that happen to, to people from the past. And um, I know a lot of people just don't have, maybe don't have a great history. Um, but also, when we see and watch television and we see commercials on that is uh, showing happy, celebrating people uh, like a bow on top of a car that they're trying to trying to sell, and everybody's happy, 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 uh, and they're selling Christmas presents. But a lot of people look at that, and it really puts a, a knife into their heart. Um, I know I, when I watch it too, there's times that go on like that. But I thank God that I have a wife that I come home to every day and talk about things. But many people do not have uh, someone that they can talk about what's going on in their life and what's going on. And, you know, our, uh, to be honest with you, the culture that we live in now is really gone kind of sideways in the last 10 years, especially the last couple of years. And we read about a lot of things and it just kind of affects us in ways that we don't even realize. So how do we deal with this? How do we deal, deal with the Christmas and the New Year's, especially the Christmas season? Um, how do we deal with that? How do we, how do we think about that? Um, you guys have any uh, thoughts on that? Kurt? Or Emily? Okay, um, I'm going to pass it over to you. you have any thoughts on this topic? Yeah. Um, uh, like, um, looks like Kurt might be frozen at the moment. Um, but yeah, this is... Um, uh, a little bit of a problem that we have um, so many people that are struggling right there, especially at, uh, during the holidays and um, be nice to I so think get more, more, more of me to maybe sort of help help them but if that makes I any think sense when it, I think it's important for us not to be a, try not to be alone on Christmas or Christmas Eve if you have family because I know when we're we're depressed we don't want to connect with other people a whole lot but I think it's really important uh, for us to connect either with family or friends, you know, go out of your way, go out of your way to connect that day. And uh, something I used to do all the time is uh, um, at the Phoenix Civic Center, I was part of a uh, um, organization that um, set up a big dinner for homeless people. Um, and that was a big deal for me because I look forward to it every year. My family would celebrate on Christmas Eve, but I would go down to the Civic Center to set up because I, I helped them do photography. And then um, we put together uh, 10 different booths and then took photographs of a lot of the homeless people uh, this is the Salvation Army. And then uh, they would have a big dinner uh, about two hours later. But they had a lot of things going on. But that was something I looked to, look forward to for about 15 years. Um, I kind of ran the photography section of it, but there was a lot of people running a lot of different things. But that took, um, we would start photographing at... Um, usually at 10 o'clock and we would be done at noon and then they would start serving dinner. But in between our area here, they had a lot of games and a lot of things going on. They had a Santa Claus there. They would take photographs. 
but that kept me really busy and i got to know a lot of the photographers that came in and did the photography but it was with 10 booths it would take uh, almost 60 of us to run it because you had to have people streaming through and you had to have it set up correctly so um photographs could be taken uh easily and then then there was a crew that was printing up the pictures but what i'm trying to say is it not only was a great thing for a lot of photographers but there was also um a lot of uh um other people that had to come in and help out and people would would look forward to it and start contacting all of us that were running different parts of the Salvation Army um, thing uh, in October, wanting to make sure they got involved. And then they would go home uh, usually about one o'clock and then uh, have uh, Christmas. But I'd go home so wore out after Friday setting up and then Sunday or um, the day before Christmas or Christmas Eve and then Christmas. Um, but that always, so I think if you're looking for a place to, um, volunteer and get involved, the Salvation Army is one of those. Any of the food kitchens that you can think of, um, years before I, I did that, I used to drive around and deliver food, uh, and my sons would help me um on that christmas and then we would go to a lot of uh, homeless shelters and drop off food and drive a truck and do that uh do that at thanksgiving also so these are things that if you're looking for because all these organizations um food kitchen salvation army all of these organizations are looking for people to help them there's also uh, something I used to do on Friday nights and Monday nights would go to a homeless shelter <clears throat> that um, a church would deliver food. And then we would go and uh, dish the food out. So we were there for a couple hours and then we would stay to have dinner and we'd sit and talk not only to each other, but to a lot of the people that were homeless. So this is something I did. Uh, on a regular basis on, on Mondays and Fridays. So that was just a way for me to deal with um, this, this growing feeling of, uh, it gave me something to look forward to, uh, something to do on a regular basis, not just on a Christmas holiday, but throughout the year. So there's a lot of places you could, uh, there's places that uh, uh, food shelter that passes out food that you can volunteer at and uh, become a part of something much greater than yourself. So I think people that um, have a depression have lost hope. So we have to, um, we really have to take this on ourselves and make sure that we have, uh, alleviate the hopelessness that's, that has befallen us. Another thing is, uh, I think um, an addiction is a very tough thing at this time of year also, if it's alcohol or gambling or anything like that, you know. Um, make sure you connect with your, um, your, um, your groups that you that helps you to overcome your addiction like AA uh, and that you connect with that and you connect and you make sure you go to that because um, AA gives you a chance to make friends that are having the same struggles you are. So I know that's a, a big deal. So um, <clears throat> I think those are just a couple of thoughts. Um, everybody's um, everybody's situation is really different, but I think it mostly stems from, um, for the holidays, missing people, 
that we had a relationship through the past. Um, um, uh, you know, somebody that had died in our life, like a wife or a husband or even children, or there's a, a conflict that's gone on in a family and you don't feel like you can connect with the family anymore. Um, I know getting together over food, like for Christmas or Christmas holiday or even Christmas Eve or Thanksgiving is a big deal, but it's really an excuse to get people together and to talk and to have a relationship. And, you know, um, there's a lot of ways of doing that. How do we connect? You know, um, for me, because I'm a Christian and I believe in Jesus Christ and God, I ask him to help set me up and get me connected to uh, things like that. If you're going through a specific thing, ask him, God, who made you, um, what is this all about? What's happening to me? Uh, because throughout the Bible, especially Paul in the New Testament, because <clears throat> he was separated many times and he was living on his own or was in prison, he would um, ask God to help him to overcome certain things. So what is that? What is it that we, we have to overcome? Um, I know this may seem like a simpleton or a simple answer that I'm giving here, but they're really not. I have gone through some very dark areas in my life. Not only was the whole world really gray around me, but there were certain times my uh, depression was so bad that it was almost black. So how did I deal with that? Um, actually, it was I was close to suicide at one time. They put me in a hospital and then a two-week period in a, a group home. Um, and that really helped because I was able to make friends there and talk to people uh, uh, at different times and then have meals with them and talk with them. And I even went to some 12-step uh, groups. I, I wasn't an alcoholic, but it was, uh, you know, maybe, I, maybe in my life I was like a dry drunk, you know, somebody that didn't drink but had a personality a lot, a lot like that. So I, I, uh, it was something that I really overcame. I had, I had become uh, disabled. I had, an, uh, I had a hip replacement that became infected, and I went through about ten operations fighting the infection. And eventually, they had to cut off four inches of my femur bone, and that made me very depressed afterwards. They said it was a situational depression because of all the times I went down under the needle, but also the gas that they gave me. Um, but it was also a situation that probably had plagued me throughout uh, my, my years of growing up as a kid. I think I had a low-grade depression most of my life. And I think a lot of people can identify with that. I would try to always stay really busy in my life so i didn't have to think about it but sometimes we just have to think about it and we got to talk about it if there's a way you can talk to a counselor if you don't have a whole lot of money there's places you could go within your city that will hook you up uh, for counseling um, and it gives you a chance to get things off your chest and to talk about them um, i had to deal with that because i think i have anger issues in my life. And I think a lot of people that have anger issues in their life um, deal with depression also. It's a big deal. So it was something I had to deal with and to try to come to terms with. However it was, I was raised as a kid, factored into it. I actually belonged to a 12-step men's group at a local church here in Phoenix. Um, in Ahwatukee, um that I'd go to once a week. I still connect with them. 
on Zoom, but not as often as I used to. But I used to go in there and I could talk about different things with other men. But they have these organizations for women, too, within these churches. So you might just have to call around a couple of churches and ask if they have a 12-step program at their church. And it doesn't necessarily, a lot of people are reminded of a 12-step um, as an alcoholic thing. Uh, but it's, and, and they, yes, they do have a 12-step uh, alcoholism and, and for gambling also and for uh, all kinds of other things. But our my organization at the church was not because of an addiction, but it was because of issues within my own life that I had to be able to talk to and deal with other men. The thing that really helped me was the 12-step book they gave us, and then I got into a smaller group. And then uh, once a week, we would go different, through different chapters. And the major big group, uh, we would talk about these things on a fairly regular basis because it wasn't always one size fit all or you go through it once and it's all over. I believe a lot of our issues, especially from our childhoods, have to be peeled away or peeled back like an onion. Uh, sometimes we went through certain aspects, uh, certain questions that really confounded us and we had to really think about, or we didn't want to think about it. It was too painful. So you know what? God brought us back to that maybe a year, maybe two years later when we we're more uh, acclimated to actually deal with that issue. Um, issues from childhood are a big, big deal. So, um, so that's why we have to really um, find some kind of an organization to have, get help. And, um, you know, I think the smarter we are, the more likely we're going to have a mental issue. And then um, there's a lot of stuff that's happening in our culture around us. So, you know, um, how do we explain this? And it's very scary for a lot of people. What's going on? So how do we talk that out? How do we have some help? How do we connect? So... Those are a couple things. Do you have any other ideas here, Emily? Um, oh, I also, I think, um, I think uh, talking with somebody is probably a big one, um, as well as um, maybe just getting out and doing something that you enjoy. Could help with some of that loneliness as well. Because if you're if you're doing what you like doing, then usually, usually if you're doing something that you like doing, you usually have happy or happier, and so it may help a little bit with getting out of some like loneliness and depression. Um, but I think that's the. Biggest one I have at the at the moment, or those doing those two. Right. Um, I also think uh, exercise is really important. And when you're depressed, you don't feel like almost not even getting out of bed or not getting outside, but I know in my case, I'm a swimmer, and I live in the uh, elderly area. I live in a um, double-wide trailer um, with a lot of older people around me, but we have an indoor pool, and I try to get there three to four times a week. I go swim laps and then stick with it up to about 40 minutes at a time, and it allows me to take a nice hot shower, go in a hot tub. And I come home, then I have dinner, but I feel a lot better. For, I feel a lot better for the rest of the night. 
those feelings of depression begin to come back and attack in the morning again. Um, and it was that same way for me today. And I got to figure out how to deal with that. But exercise, however you do your exercise, walking or jogging, lifting weights or whatever it is, do that because I think that really helps a lot with your depression. It's a big deal. It gets you thinking about other things and you need you need that exercise for your body. Your body needs it very badly. Um, another thing I think that that's helped me and I just started it this year um, is I have a raised garden in the back of our house and uh, we're growing everything from tomatoes to green beans to beets to carrots to radishes. We just, uh, since I live in Phoenix, we can actually have two gardens a year, one in the fall and then one in the spring. And I have a compost pile that I keep an eye on and put all our um, old vegetables into. And I keep an eye on that. They call it black gold for your garden. It really makes your garden grow a lot faster. But I use these big black containers, almost like moving containers, and I put uh, soil into and then I put the compost into and I start growing them. But it's amazing how dealing with um, all these little seedlings that are growing from the beginning, uh, little baby seeds, and then turning into a plant and then transplanting them and putting them into soil and watching them grow and then produce uh, a vegetable of some sort. And just keeping an eye on them and watching them and going out, looking at them and talking to them and uh, watering them and just watching them grow is is also a, a big deal for me. If you can possibly have a garden of some sort, either in your backyard or front yard even, or a raised garden along the side of your house or something, you know, I think it's uh, important to do this. It gives you not only an opportunity to do something that is living and growing, uh, that you can go out and visit with, but it also gives you healthy food to eat. And that's a big deal too. Uh, watching the type of food we eat and being careful not to consume too much alcohol or drugs. You know, I know alcohol and drugs take away, it takes away this feeling of depression, but it's only temporary. And on the other end, you're in worse shape than you were. So you need to really consider what has put you in this this depression, depression, uh, depressive funk that you're into. Uh, how can I change my thinking? How do I bring along more hopeful thinking in my life? I'm talking about a lot of this stuff and some of this stuff I talk about, I need to do again. I need to connect again. Uh, so it's got me thinking on Tuesday nights when I meet my Men of Hope group on a Zoom meeting um, that I need to reconnect with these guys again. So, um, so as I talk about stuff, it helps me to Think about something I got to do again. So um, these are tough questions. You know, what has happened to you as a child when you became an adult? Uh, this um, uh, it's gonna it's gonna take some um, some some tough situations and issues for you to deal with. But you can do this. You can do this. Don't let this spiral out of control where you don't have a chance to um, really connect. And you have to get out and make some telephone calls. Call the, call the city and find out where you can get help. Um, it depends on your money situation, you know. Uh, it's things like that. 
So um, I will try to find a link uh, for where I got some counseling through my city. Um, and they're free. It doesn't cost anything to be connected. Uh, so this is something that you want to you want to connect to and uh, keep yourself busy. You know, uh, get involved in an organization or 12-step. Call around to some of your churches. Find out who has them available. Um, because then you can you can connect with people that are having a depression or are dealing with the same thing. You can talk to them. And they have great counselors that, that are involved in all of that. That really helps you to connect and to make sure that you're not alone. You don't want to be alone. A lot of these 12-step uh, groups uh, have Christmas parties. And they have uh, groups, uh, settings, where they all get together on a regular basis, especially around the house uh, holidays. So that's where I suggest that you really connect to and make sure that uh, you're a part of that and that you can give and take, too, because all of us that have gone through these things in a big way or even a small way, um, we're, we make great counselors, too. Just like all the stuff you're hearing me talk about, it's, it's made me a, count, a good counselor. But I still, I'm still affected by uh, a lot of this stuff, especially depression. And I know that it's really got me through a lot of, lot of tough stuff. So that's what I suggest to do. Um, and I'm glad to be a part of something like this uh, with uh, JAWS Mental Health Awareness. Um, because I know a couple of us, especially Jennifer, she suffers from a number of different issues like I do. And uh, we talk about... Um, our feelings. We talk about what's happened to us as a kid. We talk about uh, drugs that we've had to take, you know, to mitigate some of the situations that we're having. Um, so, you know, uh, just connecting here and talking with Jennifer. And that's why it's, it's good here. If we can get people involved here, um, people that are suffering from different issues, this is a place you can come to once a week um, that you can you can deal with um, and then we can all talk together. So consider this as a place to come to and become a part of because we'd like to hear from you and what you have to offer and what some of your thoughts are and some of the real hard sticking points that you're having a hard time getting past. And then Jennifer and I will talk to you about it. And, and so will uh, Emily here. Um, we need each other. We need each other to talk to. So that's, that's my thoughts on, on for today. I know I, wa I went off on a, on a tangent, but it's really not a tangent. Um, mental health is a struggle for so many people. Don't be embarrassed. I am no longer embarrassed. Um, uh, going through a lot of stuff. I think my depression, uh, I actually got a divorce from my wife and, and separated for her for a number of years. And we reconnected and we got remarried to each other again. But I have to say straight up that it was my issues, not hers. It was uh, mental health awareness and anger issues. These are things I had to deal with. I had to come to terms with. We are doing, her and I are doing so much better in that area. Uh, and my anger doesn't get the hold of me like it used to. Um, but again, this stems from a lot of childhood issues. Um, or sometimes people go through adult issues too that has affected them. Maybe something happened to them in a church they belong to. A lot of people, believe it or not, have been abused in uh, Christian churches, but also in Jewish churches and all kinds of other organizations, you know, especially women when it's come to sexual 
uh, abuse, you know? Um, and I think women need to, to have a place to go to that they feel safe. That is nothing but women at that they can talk to about different things that have happened. My wife was uh, um, sexually abused when she was a kid. So that overplayed on our, our, our relationship. But then when you put the two of us together as adults and then started having kids, um, it was a very tough situation. So, you know, we don't come into this world with everything figured out. We just don't. So we have to go through a good part of our lives. And there's so many people that die that never deal with uh, things and, and, and make sure that their relationships, family relationships, are healed. So that is something that I really work on. And I have gone back to my three boys. I have three boys and three um, grandchildren. And I've gone back to them and apologized to each one of them um, about different things that have happened that they saw firsthand because I don't want them to be that way with their children. Uh, so this is just something that I've had to do. And it was amazing when I went back and apologized. And I was, uh, it, I didn't do a general apology. I actually got real specific. Um, it took me a couple months to get to that point to feel comfortable that I could apologize, that I could talk about things to my kids. But I did. When I did it with my first son, it was an amazing, the relationship changed overnight. And I've heard this happening to many men in my group when they went back, because some of the men had been divorced two and three times. And so they went back and they um, sat down with their children, adult children by this time, and um, really made a confession and apologize for what occurred in that marriage. And I think that will change the mental stability of those children and of yourself. Because when you see your children respond to what you're saying, it's a big deal, it's huge. Um, one of my other boys didn't uh, responded, but it took a little while and he had to come back to me. And then my oldest son took the longest. It took about six months to a year for him to kindly come to terms. And he was very angry. But that's obvious because he was around most of the time because uh, he was older and saw a lot more than the other two boys did. But the other boys were abused in different ways too by my, I didn't physically abuse my boys, but verbally I did at times. Um, so it, uh, it, it took a uh, longer for him and he was more angry. And when he came back, he got really pissed off at me face to face. And we had to kind of leave it like that. And then we met a couple of weeks later over coffee and he went back there, but this time, the second time, wasn't nearly as toxic, and he wasn't nearly as pissed off. And then we just kept meeting and meeting. And uh, he's a Christian, too. All three of my boys are Christians. So I think God spoke to their heart about forgiveness. And they could see that I was very serious about wanting to be forgiven and that I knew the error of what I had done, what I had to explain. But they also, uh, throughout their years, knew my parents, my their grandmother and grandfather. So in a way, they were able to understand what had happened to me. My parents never apologized for anything they ever did. I'm 70 years old now. I grew up in the 1950s. We had a very chaotic situation. I had two older sisters and a younger brother. And my parents, uh, I'm sure a lot of people identify with this, 
my parents would fight. I, was grow, I grew up in a Catholic church, but I know that this kind of stuff happens in Protestant churches and Jewish churches. And um, if you're a Muslim, it happens in the Muslim faith too. Um, but um, they would fight all the way to church on Sunday. And then they would act that they had had it all together um, on the way, uh, at church itself. And then on the way home, we would have all this fighting. And, there, and my family had a lot of sarcasm. Uh, scripture, the Old Testament talks about sarcasm being the ripping of flesh. Uh, not all sarcasm is that way. There are some sarcasm is, is friendly and kind of funny. But most of it is not, especially when it's dealing with family, family members. And it's almost like sarcasm gives you an excuse to attack somebody within the family. So that is something that I have had to stop doing within my own family. There is no sarcasm. None of that comes out of me anymore because I know it can grow and get out of hand. So I don't want that to happen. And and if I have said something that has hurt somebody's feelings, especially with my daughters-in-law, I go back and I talk to them about it and I apologize. I think that's a big deal, apology uh, and then for asking forgiveness um, is another big deal. I think these are things that will also help with your um, depression too. It, it gives you hope. Um, depression is a loss of hope, and we don't want to do that. We want to have hope for the future, um, and that's what being a Christian has done, that I've got God on my side. He has forgiven me. He's helped my family to forgive, but also he's given me the opportunity of having hope in my life. Um, so um, how does that look? How does that happen? So it's different for everybody. So I hope a lot of the things I talked about here will give you some ideas and hope in your life. I know we're coming down to the end of our hour here. So Emily, I'm going to give this back to you and let you take over here. Uh, <clears throat> uh, do you have any announcements that you want to mention? Could you say that, Ann? Do you have like, any announcements that you would like to mention? Yes. Announcements? So you have a couple of announcements? No, I don't have any announcements, my dear. Just oh, have uh, okay. people come back here once a week. We're doing this on Monday mornings or Monday afternoon, early afternoon. And we'd like to see people, especially people that are hurting, and that have questions, this would be a great spot for it. And the later one that we have that's on um, Christ Talk, uh, which is uh, like an hour and a half from hour from now, um, come in there if you got questions about your faith that you need help with, talking about different situations, maybe happened to you in the past, a question that you might have about Christianity or even being a Jew or something, that you just can't quite get over. I had a lot of struggles when it came to um, Christianity. When I became a Christian, I was an atheist until I was uh, 30 years old. And now I, I deal with uh, apologetics, Christian talking about uh, the deeper things of our faith. And uh, come there if you got wounds that you need to talk about. Um, come, come in there, come to that group. All right, everybody. Um, well, I think I have um, at least a couple announcements here. Um, coming up this Saturday, uh, March 7th, March, or not March, December 17th, um, the uh, Mutual Aid Network is 
having a um, solidarity summit um, and uh, afterwards there is going to be a um, karaoke party um, so I encourage everybody to um, join us for that and then coming up on March 17th or St. Patrick's Day is the uh, International Day of Happiness. The official date of the International Day of Happiness is March 20th. Uh, however, the Happy Neighborhood Project is having an event to kind of celebrate it the Friday before, which lands on St. Patrick's Day. Um, it is a six hour event from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific or noon to six Eastern. And there's going to be um, uh, speakers, um, speed networking, uh, prizes, and so on. Um, so I encourage everybody to um, come to that. Uh, tickets right now are currently $20, but we'll be going up uh, January 1st through 30. Um, so I encourage everybody to hear you're someone you know is interested in going to get your ticket ASAP which you can um, purchase tickets at um, happyneighborhoodproject.com forward slash IDH. Um, and I think, oh, um, uh, we are looking for um, a couple of people for uh, being a virtual assistant um, with Jazz Coffee Chat. Um, if you or anybody you know is interested in finding out more or being a virtual assistant with the show um, to schedule a time at jensbooksandmore.com. Um, that, so that is canly.com forward slash jensbooksandmore. That's J-E-N-N-S booksandmore.com. Uh, hold on. Um, yeah, we could we could use the help. I actually am a web designer, and I have uh, designed a website for our organization here. Um, but like I said, I'm 70 years old and I have a lot of experience in my life and different things. So um, I thank you for listening to our our talk today. Yeah, I also wanted to thank John and. Kurt and everybody else uh, for coming on here, as well as whoever uh, has tuned in. Um, our next episode uh, will actually be uh, in the new year um, on um, January, January 4th, I believe. Uh, or no, no, no. January 2nd. There we go. So our next episode will be on January 2nd, 2023. Yeah, of, yeah, it would be January 2nd. Uh, for the this mental health awareness. Um, yeah, what better way to start up the new year than uh, talking about mental health on the 2nd of January? I'll be here. I'll be here, and so will Jennifer. 
and Kurt and Emily. Um, and um, we also want to encourage everybody to subscribe to our um, uh, social media channels and uh, pages and groups um, and for, for wherever you found us. And also check out the uh, the website to find out more uh, about this show and other things. And um, uh, com, And that is J-E-N-N-S booksandmore.com. So until next year, we wish you a productive, enjoyable week and um, happy holidays to everybody. And we will see you uh, in the new year. Yes. So, so, so stay happy holidays. Happy. Okay. See you next year. Okay. Bye. Emily, I'll see you in about 45 minutes, okay? Okay.